Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Earn Your Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of things than they believe in or are even told are possible. I'm your host, Zach Kanadi. Now, I appreciate the heck out of y'all listening in, y'all joining me on today's episode. I do appreciate it. You're going to get a ton of value out of today's episode. However, before we dive into that, I do have a quick ask for y'all, and that's simply with the value you derive from this or any other episode you listen to, implement it into your everyday life, right? So if you, if I provide value, my ask is that you use it in your everyday life, and I have two hopes or two hopefuls for outcomes for this, right? One, the main one and the most important one, I hope your life gets better. I sincerely want you to kick ass in life, and I hope that this helps you do that. It helps give you one more piece to the puzzle. And then two, I hope once you start kicking ass so much, I hope other people are asking you, yo, what are you doing that you're kicking so much ass in life right now, right? Like last year you were bumming in this year, you're a fucking pimp. What's going on? I hope you remember that you got this valuable information from the Earn Your Good Day podcast and you tell somebody about it and then they come on and listen and then they get better themselves and the cycles just repeat right improve improve the life spread the word improve the life spread the word that's my whole hope uh, that's my whole methodology i want to spread i want to have the word spread organically because i provide you guys with that much value so enough of that enough of the asks you guys get it you've been listening to this Besides, if you're listening to this, you're a type of person that wants to get better. So I know you're going to be implementing this. I know you're looking for that next piece to the puzzle, the next way of saying something that clicks for you. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about a basic fitness protocol that everybody uh, can follow and it is for general fitness that kind of builds on all areas of fitness and not just any one area. Okay, and I think this one is it's important to have a general fitness level uh, because then it provides us with a really solid base, right? So if we're really, really, really strong, but we can't, you know, we can only move for five minutes before we're totally gassed or we go up one flight of stairs. I say one because if I go up more than one, I start gasping and I like to think I work out a lot and I'm pretty fit, but you know. Keep that between you and I. Uh, <clears throat> you know, right? So, or if you can run for freaking ever, you know, you could run 100 miles in five hours and you're incredibly fast, but you can't lift more than your backpack and even sometimes your backpack gives you trouble. Well, then we got issues. Or if you can do both of those things, but you can't touch your toes, we got issues. Or if your heart's going to give out, we kind of got issues. Or if you're super slow or you can't produce a whole lot of force, we got issues. And why do we have issues, guys? Is because while each area, uh, while each one of these areas is important to have on its own, being having a base level of competency in all of them actually improves our ability to grow in the other areas. So when our flexibility improves, 
our ability to actually be more cardiovascularly fit improves because our blood flow generally improves. We don't have tight muscles blocking our vasculature. It also helps our endurance because when, we, um, when we're loose, our blood can flow easier. It helps our strength because we can access greater ranges of motion, testing that muscle at greater mechanical difficulties so we can build up that strength. And it helps our speed and agility and power production because when we can move better, we're actually safer exhilarating uh, high levels of force on a joint and muscle, right? So just having increased flexibility improves all of those. Same vice versa with any one of those. Being strong actually helps your cardiovascular fitness. Being cardiovascularly fit helps you be strong. Having muscular endurance helps your strength and it helps your flexibility, helps your speed, all vice versa. So having a basal level of competency and functionality in all of them is going to be key so that we can maximize any one of them in their own. So I kind of already said it, but there's five main types of fitness. You kind of throw in six, um, but I think a couple of them, well, we'll just make it six. I think it's a little bit easier, although a couple of them are quite related in terms of the mechanism of action to help improve that area of fitness. So what are the five? We have one, cardiovascular endurance. So how hard and for how long can your heart, your old thumper go? Right, so this would be like your running endurance, okay? Or your biking, or your rowing, or your swimming. The next one is muscular endurance. So this one is pretty key when you're doing your VO2 max, uh, which is the rate of oxygen consumption you can intake and then effectively use in your muscles. Oftentimes people fail at one of two spots. One, either their chest burns too much so that they have to stop the test or to their legs burn too much even though breathing wise they were okay and so that would be if your legs are burning too much to stop the test your cardiovascular endurance is higher than your muscular endurance although for me personally i had the inverse so my legs were fine when i was doing my vo2 max tests uh, but my chest burned too much, and so that's what caused me to stop. So my muscular endurance was higher than my cardiovascular endurance in that instance. Next one, number three, is going to be muscular strength. Okay, so this is how much load, what is the maximal amount of load a muscle can take. Uh, next one is going to be muscle hypertrophy, so this is about muscle growth or growing the thickness of a muscle belly aka it's cross-sectional area. And then number five is going to be flexibility. So what is the degree of range of motion that a specified joint has? Okay, uh, and that is active and passive. And then also what is, uh, and number six is going to be speed, agility, and power. And this is all talking about force production that we can apply through a specific muscle. So that is that would be how much how fast can we move a given load? So the heavier the load and the faster we can move it, the more force we can produce. However, if we move a small load incredibly fast, we also have a high level of force. Same as if we move a high mass and kind of slow, we can still have a high level of force. This is why a bullet can have an extremely high level of impact, right? Force production because even though it's incredibly small 
mass. It is moving ridiculously fast. Same as that big old boxer who's 100 pounds heavier than the other guy. He can, he's not very fast. He's easy to dodge. But if he connects, boy, oh boy, you better be praying he doesn't connect well because you are fucked. So those are the five areas of fitness, right? Or six areas, excuse me. And we can kind of do any and all of them. Now, hypertrophy, you don't necessarily have to actively be growing your muscles to be practicing muscular hypertrophy. And in fact, we need to partake in modalities of training that promote muscle muscular hypertrophy to actually inhibit them from decreasing in size. So like everything in life, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that means you have to grow in order to stay the same. And then if you want to grow and to grow, you actually have to grow a whole hell of a lot um, with that. Now, the good thing with all of these is getting and raising your level of fitness in any one of the categories takes a lot of work. But maintaining that takes a lot less work. There's studies that say it could be anywhere from you can maintain a degree of fitness. So this could be muscular size, cardiovascular uh, endurance, muscular endurance, strength, flexibility, speed, agility, or power with anywhere from as little to one-third to one-ninth the amount of training volume. So if you were training, let's say you wanted to do squats and you wanted to squat a ridiculous amount. So you're squatting six days a week, right? And let's say you get to your goal and then you're like, all right, now I just want to maintain it. So instead of squatting six days a week, you could maintain almost the exact same amount of strength, if not the exact same amount of strength, by only training two days a week or even as few as one squat session every other week. And that's great news, right? So that means we can front load a lot of our effort and then we can kind of keep it if we are ready to you not we don't need to grow anymore. We just we reach a desired level of fitness in all or any one of these areas, and then to maintain that, we can dial back the level of fitness. Now, what is great is being all of these are interrelated, right? Being strong in any one of them is going to help you in all of them, right? So being flexible is going to help you in your strength and your speed and agility because you'll be able to access greater degrees of range of motion and do so in a safer way right while also having cardiovascular endurance is going to help your muscular strength because you're going to get oxygen to the muscles more effectively meaning you're going to have a better contraction and importantly a better recovery and same with speed and agility right you're going to have better blood flow better innervation of the muscles uh, all because you're cardiovascular endurance is better also having being strong is going to help you produce more force right being forceful is going to help you be stronger so all of these kind of work in concert with each other and we can improve on one so if you want to get really cardiovascularly fit and then you want to get strong but you want to maintain your cardio right you can only maybe you were running six days a week and now you want to only go on a run one or two one or two days a week, you can still maintain that, which is really nice. Uh, and there is a few principles I want to go over though for you guys when we're doing this protocol. And that is mainly that first and foremost, do so safely. 
okay? Especially if we're loading exercises or producing a high amount of force, uh, please be safe with it, right? If you're, the whole point of this is to improve your life and make your body more resilient. But to do so, we need to train at the level that you're at and then just barely push above it and then train at that level and then just barely push above it. If you try and jump, if you can't touch net and you're trying to dunk, right, we're not going to get there. In fact, like it's probably going to get worse. We have to touch net first and then once we can touch the net, then we can work on trying to dunk. Uh, so let's do that. So safety is number one. And then the intensity of the exercise session. And this can be mechanical intensity, so percent of maximal effort, or it can be also right like your rate of perceived intensity. And this is all relative. So if you're super undertrained and you've never worked out a day in your life and you just sit on the sofa all day and watch Netflix or you work from home uh, and you sit all the time, your intensity might be a brisk walk versus Usain Bolt is setting the world record for you know the 100 meter dash. So it's relative even though your perceived intensity might be the same. Next one is going to be your intention. Okay, and this is so this is what actually makes it exercise, right? Is what is your intention and what is the desired outcome from this training session? Uh, exercise is defined as physical activity with a designated or a defined training goal. So you're moving to accomplish or to progress towards some goal versus physical activity is just rhythmic movement of large muscle groups. So that means washing the dishes, folding laundry, uh, vacuuming, right? Gardening, all these things are physical activity, but because we're not trying to improve our fitness, they are not exercise. So it's very important to distinguish and be intentional about it. Also, when we're intentional, it makes it easier for us because we can walk into the gym or we can go out on our run and know what we're there for, right? Because otherwise, one of the biggest questions I get is, I don't know what to do in the gym. Well, what you do is going to be dictated upon what your goal you're trying to accomplish is. What area of fitness do you want to grow in, right? Because being generally fit is going to be a lot different than if you just want to be fast or if you just want to be strong, you know? So having that intention. And then this last one, which I think is honestly the most important of all four of these, is that of consistency. So if you're not doing something consistently, frankly, what you do has much less relevance than doing it consistently, right? Because if you're not moving, it really doesn't matter how you move. You're going to get more fit in all areas because our body is the greatest adaptation machine ever designed, right? When you push it to do increasingly heavier loads, it will get stronger. When you push it to run, bike, swim, row, or go longer or faster, it will progressively go longer and it will get faster, right? If you progressively ask it to reach new ranges of motion, it will get there, right? So our body can adapt and our mentality and everything about us can adapt. I would say we are more adaptable than we are stuck, which is great because that means we are in control of more things than we would like to 
admit. So those are the four, those are the six types of fitness and then four kind of points I want you guys to be aware of as we're going into this. And so this day, uh, for this split, we actually, it's a seven day program, seven day a week program. And it's kind of splits between uh, resistance training. I'm choosing weights in this one. You can choose whatever style of resistance training you would like, but we need to do some resistance training. Uh, in fact, that's actually a huge indicator of your bone density. So ladies out there, once you go through menopause, you're at a massively increased risk for osteoporosis, especially if you do not uh, partake in weight-bearing exercises. Uh, resistance training also reduces your risk for falls and injury from those falls as you age. And it makes you more resilient to injury of almost every single kind. So it is critically important. And the other days we're going to be maximizing or we're going to be utilizing some form of what most people would traditionally consider cardio training. Okay, we're going to be doing different modalities, uh, but it will all be cardio. So day one, I usually start on Monday, my week, and then it ends on Sunday. Uh, day one, so Monday, I like to do legs. And I the reason I put legs first is mainly because they're the most difficult group to train. And for me, I don't know about you guys, they also take the longest to recover. So, and if I have a good workout on Monday, it really just pro progresses me and propels me into the rest of the week feeling good because I got the hardest thing done first. The rest of it comes easy. And for every muscle group, so for the legs, that would be the glutes, the hamstrings, and the quadriceps, as well as the calves. I think usually choosing two exercises per muscle group, uh, if you're working multiple muscle groups at the same time, uh, whatever the primary driver is, is the muscle group you're going to consider that for. And so for each muscle group, choosing an exercise where you're in the contracted state more so, or where you're in the stretched state. So for the legs, that would be, let's say the quads, that would be a leg extension on the leg extension machine would be in the contracted state because the muscle is quote unquote shortened maximally. Whereas a extended state or a lengthened state would be a sissy squat, right? Where the uh, muscle is maximally lengthened at the point of, mo of highest difficulty. And then for the hamstrings, we could do an RDL or a leg curl. And then the glutes could be a, a squat, a deep squat, or and then a hip thrust, right? So we're getting all of the muscles, we're going to contract them maximally, right? So we want them to be as short as they can, and we're going to work them in a very stretched position. Now this, this will be consistent for every single muscle group in the body we're going to do this, but I'm kind of just explaining it because we're in legs. So while we're doing this, the reason we want to do a maximally lengthened and shortened state of every muscle group is because muscles have something called a strength curve. And that is at different angles that the muscle is uh, working through, right? Different joint angles. It, there is a different degree of strength that that muscle is able to exhibit, right? So this is why in a bicep curl, 
when your arm is totally straight. That is the hardest. And then that first half tends to be the hardest. And then the middle half, once you kind of crease 90 degrees, it gets much easier, right? And same thing if you're trying to do a, a uh, like let's say a spider curl, the first part is going to be easier, but then we're going to feel the contraction a little bit differently at the top than we would if we were straight. And this all has to do with uh, length tension relationships. So where, how long is the muscle? Uh, it doesn't really get longer, but the sarcomeres lengthen and shorten. So it sort of does. Anyways, um, and so we, when it's the lengthened state tends to be the weakest and also most vulnerable. So I'm sure if you guys watch any fitness inter, uh, like TikToks or anything, about a year ago there was a guy who was inclined benching and he tore his pec and you got like you he tore it clean off and you could see the pec shorten under his skin and it, it was really gross in fact so gross that I, I didn't incline bench for a fair amount of time after that because uh, it was just like yeah or I saw another one uh, anyways doesn't matter but end ranges of motion typically are the hardest and the most difficult to train. They're also where we're the weakest. And where we're the weakest, we're the most susceptible to injury. We also have a great opportunity if your goal is muscular hypertrophy to elicit more hypertrophy stimulus at this range of motion than uh, in others. So this is a great one. Working the strength or the lengthened position, the stretch position, all the way to the maximally shortened and contracted position. So we're gonna do two exercises, one for each of those if you're not able to get uh, all of those. Right, so for the legs, we have four muscle groups, so you should be able to get you know four to eight exercises in. Uh, and then for in terms of sets and reps, usually, so the, and this comes from Andy Galpin, who's a really great exercise physiologist, uh, the more, or the fewer reps you're going to do, typically the higher the number of sets you're going to do. And I would say the cutoff is usually at the six rep mark. So if you're going to train six reps or below, you probably wanna add a set or two to get maximal output, okay? And then if we're, although if we're training uh, anywhere from six reps to 30 or 40 reps, getting close to failure, we can actually do fewer sets. And I think that, that has to do with the degree of muscular uh, damage that we're going to elicit and failure we're going to produce, um, which is kind of nice, because that means being we have such a broad range of reps, uh, we can really play with the rep schemes and make it more interesting, because a lot of times people get pretty bored doing the same three sets of 10 for weeks on end. Where instead you could do a five by five or a two by 30, right? Or a one by 50 drop set, right? So you, we can change up the rep scheme a ton, which adds a lot of variability and can make it much more enjoyable for that. Uh, and then the intensity, if we're training at that six rep or below, typically we're gonna be training at 85% of our one rep maximum or above. Okay, and so as we get closer to that one rep max, as you would seem, we drop the number of reps that we're doing. So 
95, I believe, is about three to four reps. Uh, 90% is about five reps, four or five reps. And then 85 is about six to eight reps, okay? Now, those none of those are exact, uh, but that's typically in powerlifting era and space, that's typically where we're going for. Um, and usually, very rarely, and if we're like training for strength, so if you're training for that six rep or below, almost never should you go to failure, okay? And the reason being is because you're not going to muscular failure and strength, you're actually going to neurological failure. So your neurons cannot fire hard enough to get your muscle to contract enough to move that weight. Uh, and because the load is so high, going to failure under such high loads, typically for most people, increases the risk of injury quite a bit versus the lower the load is, our risk of injury goes way down. Uh, so now that does not mean we should avoid those high uh, percentage loads. In fact, we should so that in everyday life when we impact or, or when we uh, come, when those instances come to us where we have to lift something heavy, we can do it and we can do it in a safe manner. Right, same thing is why we should be able to move fast if somebody's chasing us, you know, or a car comes and we need to get out of the way. We need to be able to move fast. Now, in terms of intensity, guys, I think there is no reason you should be in the gym for more than an hour, okay? And that includes your warm up, your training, and your cool down. An hour 15 at most if you're having to wait for equipment, uh, but there is no reason you should be in the gym for much more than an hour, hour 15. If you are, that tells me one of two things. One, you're being lazy with your training, and two, you're taking too much rest times, with, which means it's not intense enough. And the intensity should be there, right? Like, we don't need to go to failure or when you're puking your guts out after every session, but you should walk out of there and be like, yeah, I got a good workout in today. A lot of people feel this by the pump uh, with legs, Sometimes it's how easily you can walk down the stairs. Um, but with that, I do want to be careful or I do want to add a little asterisk to it. Sometimes you feel good afterwards, but then you can't walk for the next couple days and you don't realize that until the day or two later. So just be aware of that. But that is Monday. And so Monday we're doing legs. So that's going to be some exercises like the squat, the deadlift, the RDL, the lunge, the leg press, the leg extension and curl calf raises, straight, bent knees, single knee, you know, and we're gonna try and get uh, about two exercises per muscle group. One of those exercises focusing on the lengthened position of said muscle, and one focusing on the contracted or the shortened position of that muscle. So then Tuesday is gonna roll around and we're gonna do arms and shoulders, same protocols, right? So train six or below, we're gonna go for 85% of our one rep max or above, which should be 85% is about six to eight reps. 95% uh, is you know about three, and so it's training there. Or we're going to be training, if we're going six or above, we can go six to honestly any number that gets us to failure. If that's 25, if that's 10, if that's 30, if that's 50, doesn't matter, uh, but if we need to get pretty close to failure with probably about 10% of our sets 
going to failure, especially if we're training for hypertrophy. Uh, and then, so that's going to be that. The exercise we're going to do is going to be something like military press, dips, chin-ups, curls, kickbacks, lateral raises, front raises, um, you know, pike push-ups, things like this. So we're trying to work our deltoid, and we do have three heads, the anterior, the lateral, and the post posterior head of the deltoid. We'll be working our biceps and triceps. Um, and so those are the three main muscle groups. You could kind of include the shoulder girdle in there. So our internal, external rotators, our traps, and our serratus interior, if you wanted to. Those are going to be more so support muscles. Uh, but each one of those, remember, we want to have two exercises per muscle group. The shoulder, you could kind of split into three if you wanted. But doing a compound lift is probably going to be just as fine for you. Um, but focusing on the shortened position as well as the lengthened position for each muscle group and bringing about 10% of those sets to failure, especially if we're training to for muscular uh, hypertrophy or growth. If we're training to for strength and lifting a maximum load, we really don't want to go to failure at all. Um, same thing with force. Uh, I did forget to mention rest times. It, the high, the more towards endurance and hypertrophy we're training, the shorter those rest times we want to be. However, we do want that set to be performed well. So it shouldn't be so short that you go from, let's say you're doing a hypertrophy set, and the first one you do, you got 30 reps. It shouldn't be so, your rest shouldn't be so short that the next time you only can get, you know, five to 10 reps, okay? Now that doesn't mean go so long that you no longer feel like you're working out. And I think that usually can be accomplished between about 30 to 90 seconds of rest, depending on how intense you're going uh, and the specific muscle you're training because everybody recovers different, everybody trains different, and everybody's level of fitness is going to implement things differently. So that's Monday, Tuesday. Uh, and then Wednesday comes along and at this point, I typically like to do a long endurance cardiovascular training session. Usually that will be in the form of a run. And this one I usually go about an hour to an hour and a half depending on what my schedule allows. And this one should be, and this can, doesn't have to be a run. It can be a run, a hike, a bike, a swim, rowing, incline walking, like does not matter. Basically we're going to judge uh, the intensity on how well we can hold a conversation. Okay, and this is actually something used by fitness professionals and we're testing something called your ventilatory threshold, okay? And so you have uh, zone one, two, and three and you have ventilatory threshold one and ventilatory threshold two, okay? So zone one would be like a casual stroll, like you're walking with a, a friend around the office you can talk for sentences on sentences on sentences and you don't you only have to stop uh, to let the other person speak really right and so that is zone one super easy and then we have once we kind of get to the edge of zone one and are about to go into zone two that is what we call vt1 so ventilatory threshold one and crossing that puts us into zone two and what VT1 is, is basically our ability to hold a conversation is there or it isn't. So 
in zone one, we should be able to say paragraphs on end. However, in zone two, we are only going to be able to get from a sentence, maybe, and then towards the end is going to be broken sentences or words out, okay? So this is, you're on a run, um, right? You're working pretty hard, and so you, can, you can't really have an easy conversation with somebody, but you could say a sentence uh, or a couple, a couple words or a sentence or two at maximum, but much more than that, you're gonna have to take a couple breaths because it's too much effort. And at the edge of zone two, is what we call VT2 or ventilatory threshold two. And this is where you no longer can say whole words. Uh, if anything, you're gonna sound like a grunting machine if you can get that out. So that's going to be like grunts, sounds, or sometimes just heavy labored breathing. So that's like the person, like they ask you a question, they go, yeah, yeah, right? Like they are past VT2, they're into zone three. For this long endurance session, we wanna flirt with ventilatory threshold one. Okay, so we should be able to hold a conversation, but maybe at some points, we kinda of get to where we can only say a couple sentences at a time before we have to stop and we have to stop talking and so we can breathe, right? So we wanna stay around that VT, edge of zone one, right flirting with VT one, okay? And at this point of the day, so next day, Thursday rolls around, at this point in the week, Usually my body's feeling pretty beat up. I'd like a little recovery. Also, it's the end of the, again, towards the end of the week. So mentally, I'm trying to finish things up. Um, and I usually like an active recovery day during this time. So that, what I have programmed in for this is going to be flexibility training. So doing a yoga session, Tai Chi, Pilates. Okay, for this, the sole purpose is increasing our flexibility and still staying active through in terms of form of active recovery. Okay, if you're really against yoga or Tai Chi, you can do some static stretching. However, I would recommend warming up first. You're just going to be get a better stretch and it's gonna be safer. Uh, yoga and Tai Chi is gonna be really good because not only are we lengthening and increasing the range of motion in the joints, but also we're having it under a very light loads we're working on that joint stability and integrity next is going to be friday that rolls around and so this is going to be a power speed agility training session uh, so this is i would say circuit or hit training usually that's going to entail body weight or like very light um, loads so resist like functional loads like a medicine ball a resistance band uh, something like that and this one we are simply trying to move fast and get toward, we wanna to push that heart rate up, okay? So we wanna do usually like a circuit or hit training um, and trying to move things fast. So this could be running sprint intervals. Uh, this could be doing an agility training, right? So running through an agility course or cone drills. Uh, if you have an assault bike, right, this could be doing um, max effort intervals, so doing 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off, every minute on the minute. Um, and this one being the intensity is going to be so high, we're going to drop down the duration of it. So this should only last about 20 to 30 minutes of actual work time. 
Okay, if you're able to push for more than 20 or 30 minutes, you either took a long rest in between or you're not actually pushing yourself hard enough. Uh, and this one is actually, generally this focuses on legs or is heavily leg involved. So it's nice as this is going to kind of function as a secondary leg workout for us without having the same intensity as a weighted leg day. Uh, so then Saturday's gonna roll around. You know, obviously like Saturday's the day you go out. So we're doing chest and back, okay? And the reason I didn't have these right after legs is because typically for a leg day, we're engaging our back and our trunk muscles. So they're going to be a little bit more fatigued. Uh, and so having them right beforehand, we could run into some issues, especially in our back. Uh, so I just want to give plenty of room to reduce uh, to reduce that and so we can get maximal effectiveness out of those muscles with being safe. Some exercises we're going to do here would be like the bench press, any variation, flat, decline, incline, dumbbell, barbell, whatever you'd like, a row, okay, a fly, pull-ups, crossovers, lat pull-downs, things like this, okay. And the muscles here are going to be our pecs and our lats and traps here. Uh, for our pecs, we have our upper and middle and lower pecs. Uh, some accessory muscles for these are going to be the shoulders and triceps for our chest, for all of our pushing motions, and our back um, is being is going to be mainly the lats and the traps. Uh, we are going to have some accessory muscles of the rear delt and the bicep help in this. So we're getting again those two training sessions a week uh, with everything. They're not primary, but they're secondary. So we're still recouping some of those benefits and doing that. And then day seven or Sunday rolls around. And this is, we're going to do a tempo cardio and flexibility day combo. So the tent for the tempo cardio or like the high intensity, I like to think of this is what is the top speed you can maintain for 20 to 30 minutes straight with no breaks, okay? So if you're going on a run, how fast can you run for 20 or 30 minutes? If you're on a bike, how fast can you bike for 20 or 30 minutes, right? Uh, you may find that as you do this, you can continue to bike past that, but if you go much faster than where you're going, you're going to gas out really, really, really quick. So always be trying to push yourself as fast as you can, but also recognize that with that, being you're gonna try and gas out or max out at that 20 to 30 minute mark, your speed is actually going to fluctuate. Okay, so you're never going to run exactly at a certain speed. If you are, you're killing ass and you're a master pacer, but for the vast majority of people, being we're always asking ourselves, could I run faster? Could I run faster? Could I run faster? And I would say if you can maintain it, for 30 to 60 seconds, try and push yourself to go faster, okay? Uh, because then you're gonna have to back it down just a little bit, all right? And then what, again, ask yourself, okay, what is the fastest I can run for the next 30 to 60 seconds? Okay, cool, do that. If you still have to back it off a little bit, do that. But then maintain that, and pretty soon you're gonna say, oh, you know what, actually, I can go back up again. And so you're gonna find you have this little bit of a wave function in your speed, but overall you're gonna slowly 
have that wave function going higher and higher and higher as you increase. And that, guys, that is, uh, oh, excuse me, got a little bit ahead of myself. So then after we do that, again, we're at the end of the week, so I want to recover here. And so we're going to have another flexibility-oriented training session. Uh, it's just going to be right another 20 or 30 minutes where the previous one should have been about an hour. And this actually works really well because look what happens again on Monday the next week. We have legs. So this is going to be our recovery session. Uh, we just used our legs most likely. So we should be able to recover those a little bit and feel good there and it's so short that hope we shouldn't have too much um, soreness or issues with recovery uh, yeah so that is the entire week guys right so Monday we're gonna do legs Tuesday we're gonna do arms and shoulders Wednesday we're gonna do a long endurance training session Thursday is going to be flexibility focus some yoga Tai Chi or Pilates uh, Friday is going to be power speed and agility in a circuit training fashion or however you decide to do that uh, Saturday is going to be chest and back alright so or you can also think of this as training your trunk uh, and then Sunday is we're going to do a tempo run and for about just 20 to 30 minutes and then folk finish it up with another 20 to 30 minutes of flexibility training uh, so yeah that is basically the whole week alright and really we want to just be able to do this and train to an intensity that we're able to maintain this week after week after week because until we're doing these things consistently right it doesn't what we do and how we do things matters a lot less until we're regularly doing them uh, so for an overall intensity we really want to spend about 70 to 80 percent of our time and that kind of especially for these we want to spend about 70 to 80% of our time at about that 70 to 80% of our maximum for whatever we're doing. And then we only want to spend about 10 to 20%, probably closer to 10%. We're really kind of flirting with failure and not able to go anymore. Uh, obviously, there's always going to be a little bit of nuance with it. Listen to your body. If you don't feel like you can train safely or you're not going to get much out of training, do an active recovery day so do another yoga day just go for a walk um, but really try and avoid skipping days right guys and make this a part of your life right like really make this a high priority because it's going to help you live life better right if you work this is going to help your brain increase in efficiency it's going to help your whole like everything you do is going to increase so really try and get into this guys if you do happen to miss a day like i get it life happens doesn't really matter just move it move that session a day back or if you have to every once in a while double up on a session right going doing arms and shoulders on the same day you go for a long run is not going to hurt you right doing flexibility training on the same day you do power speed training is not going to hurt you right it's so I would not suggest doing it regularly for most people uh, just because the recovery quotient for that is really high. But if you have to do it every once in a while or you get sick, go ahead and do it. Um, again, guys, on the sickness, right? Like, oh, Zach, well, what do I do if I get sick? Listen to your body, right? If you don't really feel sick or if it's just like a little sniffle, 
I would say go train. You know, as long as you don't think you're going to get other people sick by training or that you're actually going to make yourself worse off by training, go train. Same thing with a really bad night of sleep. If you didn't get a great night of sleep, I would say still go train, right? Very rarely are you, A, very rarely are you always going to get a good night's sleep. Uh, And B, anecdotally, I've had some of the best training sessions when I've had little to no sleep right like so it just missing a night of sleep i would say does not constitute skipping a training session now if you're having two three four nights of sleep or you have one bad night of sleep and you just feel like you've been hit by a mac truck and run down into the ground well then maybe i would say take that day off and just walk or you know take a hot cold shower contrast um, you know, do some yoga, do some flexibility, take like an active recovery day. But I would not say just lay around all day and sit that I don't think in any circumstance is going to benefit you. Now, I do have a couple tips for you guys um, for each one. And so that is essentially make this enjoyable. Okay, this should be incredibly, this should again add to your life it should not detract from it so if you find yourself hating your training or you feel like it becomes a chore and you really really hate this not being good at something and having to learn a skill is different right like you should not hate it just because you're not good give yourself the time actually try and get good at the skill before you just decide you hate it because you're not good at it uh, but make it enjoyable right like if you truly just detest weightlifting don't lift weights. If you truly detest running, go for a bike ride. Go swim. Do something else. Like there's so many ways to get the same results that we're looking for to train the modalities that you never have to be stuck in one dogma of training style, right? Like I think CrossFit is pretty they're like the vegans of the diet world. Like, oh yeah, bro, I do CrossFit. And they kind of look at you like you're not good if you don't do CrossFit. No, bro, it doesn't matter if you do CrossFit and I don't. Same thing is like it doesn't matter if you, you know, you feel bad because we milked the cow or, you know, we shot the deer and ate it or what. It's like you can feel that way. I'm still going to go this way because for me it works out better, right? Make it enjoyable. And I will say the best thing you can do is learn a whole lot of different ways, especially at the beginning. So if you've always been interested in fighting, so like jujitsu, boxing, something like that, those are great fitness methods. Go learn it. If you've wanted to learn how to dance, learn how to dance, take a dancing class. If you like to swim and you swam when you were a kid, go do that. If you like to go hike, go do that. If you love to lift weights, go do that. If you like doing calisthenics, go do that. Like whatever you enjoy, go do it. And then every once in a while, switch it up, right? If you've been in the gym for months on end, go for a hike, go for a run, go for a swim, do yoga, you know? The next one is be patient with progress, okay? You will not see results after one day, even one week, okay? And it's almost going to be impossible for you to do that. So just know you're going to train for a while, and then you're not going to see results. If you're looking for body composition changes, you need to probably give yourself at least four weeks 
before you start to notice any real significant differences, right? Because the, everybody's heard of the fad diet, you lose seven pounds in the first, like 10 pounds in the first seven days. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Susie, you actually just lost water weight. You didn't lose any fat. Uh, same thing with this. Now, you can see some progress, like in terms of results, like one week to the next, you might be able to lift a little bit more weight, or you might be more comfortable running, right? That's okay. But to really see a lot of progress, be patient with yourself. It does take time. And remember to reflect back on where you were about a month ago, if you've been doing it. In fact, I have a client who every week when we meet, uh, we do this. They're, right now, they're training on their elliptical, and their goal is to get 10 minutes straight. Well, they've done it one day, but now they're getting you know three, four, and five minutes at a time before they have to break. And we were just meeting Lily on Friday, and they were kind of pissed because they felt like they weren't progressing. I was like, well, think back to three weeks ago. You were... You thought going 10 minutes straight was asinine. Hell, you thought going five minutes straight was incredible. And now you're doing it on the regular. Okay, so remember to look back at where you were a month, two months, a year ago, and see how far you've actually progressed. Because day to day, you don't see many changes, especially the longer you go. All right, the next one is recover as hard as you train. Right, You can only train as hard as you recover. And if you're training beyond your recovery quotient, then you're actually going to be losing gains because you can't train as hard, which means you're not going to provide as optimal of a stimulus for progress. Also, if you train too hard, it can cause you to miss days. And then we're also losing gains. So make sure you recover just as hard. The number one thing for that is going to be your sleep, your nutrition, and how much water you're taking, okay? Do that. This next one is going to be, is king, it is the most important. Um, consistency. I do not care if you're only doing 50% of effort but you're going every single day, that is much better than maxing out but only going once every other week, okay? The more consistent you can train, the better you're off you're gonna be, okay? It is better to train a little bit lighter, but train every single day, than train ridiculously hard, but only train once a week. Okay, for most people that does not work. And I would say for your health, and just for your consistency of the habit, do it every single day. If you do train every day, I would recommend switching up your training, okay? But train as often, as many days of the week as you can. Okay, switch it up. Uh, again, do something that this that it enhances your life. So if you are missing a social aspect, go join a fitness class. If you're missing confidence, go push yourself to do something you've never done before, right? But make it enhance your life, all right? Uh, the last, another one is take your sleep, water, stress, and nutrition seriously. While these things aren't required well base levels are required to have progress in training these things can be the thing that breaks you out of a plateau if you don't sleep very much or you sleep kind of shitty figure out how to sleep better right if you are always stressed all the time or you only drink coffee and soda drink more water take a yoga class meditate breathe take a hot shower 
Take these things seriously though. Next one, bring your friends or a friend to come work out with you or go to a fitness class together. We are social beings. We should add social aspects to our life, right? Now, not you don't need this. Sometimes the best workouts I have are the ones I have by myself. But also I can tell you almost always the best workouts I have are when I have a new friend to come train with me and they've been training on their own. Because now it's a competition, especially depending on who's leading the exercise, who can work harder during that exercise session. Okay, that's just me. But bring a friend to it. It adds a whole nother dimension to the training. The last one, which goes along with consistency is king. Schedule it in and stick to it. Obviously life comes up, but you don't skip work unless something genuinely comes up, right? Like you really can't go to work. You have a family member die or something. Don't skip your training unless something actually comes up. Not just because you don't feel like it, not just because you're a little tired, or not just because you don't want to. Go train. Go train. Unless something genuinely comes up. Like you have to stay at work extra eight hours, or you had a family member die, or you have your car breaks down, or what. And even then, in most of those scenarios, getting a workout in is probably gonna help you. I know for me, once you get past the newbie phase of training, I think this is very common for a lot of gym rats and a lot of exercise enthusiasts, it becomes more than fitness, okay? For a lot of people, it's their therapy, and it's their safe place, and it's their escape from reality. So if it becomes any of those things for you, when you go through a hard time in life, don't be afraid to fall back on fitness because sometimes you just can't say it in words, but you just need to get that energy out. It's okay. All right, my challenge for you guys today is to get a plan and stick to it for 30 days and to push yourself every single day. Okay, so if that's doing an active recovery, actively recover the hardest you can, right? Like recover the most you can. If you're doing a leg workout, push yourself as hard as you can on the leg workout, right? Like having soreness the next day, it's okay. But just push yourself harder than, like just push yourself, okay? And stick to it for 30 days, right? You guys can do this and you're gonna start forming a baby habit. Now, with this, the last couple weeks, I have been giving you guys a recipe. Um, the goal with the recipes is a couple. One is to give you more ownership and more agency over your life and what goes in your face hole. Okay, the second part is I want these to be cheap yet healthy. There's this whole notion out there that eating healthy is ridiculously expensive and can't be done. That is not true. Typically, it is more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat like shit, okay? But in the long run, it's actually not any more expensive. It's just upfront a little bit more expensive because when you eat healthy, you have lower healthcare risks. You have more productivity at work, which means you can get a higher paying job or get a pay raise, right? You're going to have healthier relationships, so your stress level is going to be gone or lower. You're need for medication can actually drop or get off of them sometimes. So your monthly bill is gonna be lower. Your insurance is lower, okay? You're less likely to get injured. It's lower, you're going to sleep better, right? Like, 
it's yes in terms of food it it can be more expensive but when we extrapolate the expenses out over being unhealthy and eating unhealthy is by far much more expensive the easiest way to say that is the u.s spends about double or it spends for sure more than any other developed nation or any nation in the world on healthcare yet we are one of the most unhealthy nations in the world to 70% of people are overweight or obese. 40% of a people are clinically obese. And the average American is on more than one medication. Okay. So that's ridiculous. Being healthy, taking care of your health. A is your responsibility. B is just a good financial investment. And as everything's getting more and more expensive, having a good solid financial investment is increasingly important. So with that, what is today's episode, right? What is or what is today's recipe? Wowza. Well, it's going to be a crock pot recipe. Uh, and this is one that is very cheap and super easy to prepare and also is delicious. Okay, so all you need is a crock pot. You're going to need a roast of some sort. I usually do a pork tenderloin, but you can do a beef roast. You can do chicken. Uh, you can do pork you could do literally any meat you want um, or meatless but this one is going to be a pork tenderloin roast in the crock pot so i want a two to four pound tenderloin i want six to ten small to medium potatoes i want one pound of carrots i want two medium slash large onions i want one two zucchini and then two to three cups of water and we're gonna spice it however we want, okay? Um, for everything in here, for the potatoes, you can leave them whole. Personally though, I like to chop them up into kind of like bite-sized pieces because then when they come out, it's even easier. Like I don't have to do anything I can. It's really, this is like the lazy man's delicious meal. Um, carrots, if you get the baby carrots, you can leave them like that. If you get the full-size carrots, uh, I would cut them up into little chunks and then onions, I would not mince it. I would big. I would just chop it into big chunks. Uh, so maybe cut it in half and then cut it into fourths. And then you can throw each of those in there. You know, at once as you take off the onions. For zucchini, I usually slice in half and slice into spears, and then slice those spears up into little slivers. Uh, and then the water. So how we're gonna do is we're gonna put the tenderloin on the bottom. And then we're gonna put all the other vegetables in there. And then we're gonna put on the two to three cups of water. Usually about a, the first joint of your knuckle is enough water in there. So it kind of is gonna depend on the size of your crock pot. Um, this is going to become our gravy and our juice once this is done. And then we're gonna put all of our chopped vegetables in there. Season it how we want. If you want, you can mix it up. Uh, you don't have to. And then we're literally just gonna put the lid on, turn it on low, and set it, just leave it there for six to 10 hours, right? I usually will do this in the morning, take about 20 minutes. Uh, the, larger, the longest thing to do is just chop up the vegetables, which is why I just rough cut them, so they're not, it doesn't take very long. Put it all in there, season that mug up a little bit, and then turn it on, and then I just turn it off once I get home from work, and guys, I tell you what, uh, it's freaking fall off the bone. 
and you can shred it with your fingers and holy shit is it delicious uh, <laughs> it should make about four to six servings depending on how big your servings are I personally can usually get four servings out of a two pound roast so just kind of take that as a something for you it's about a about six to eight ounces uh, per serving of meat in there which is nice because if you got a big family everybody can get a serving or you could even make two if you have a big roast in there uh, so yeah guys that is today's episode um, this is a really general fitness plan and that recipe is very simple for you yet also delicious and nutritious so if you found any value out of today's episode please 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 implement it into your everyday life okay i want you guys to kick ass in life uh to do that we gotta make some changes we gotta become better versions of ourselves and we gotta implement new useful information when we get it so do that and then share the show when people ask you about it right also if you guys are interested in any training uh physical training nutrition training or mentality training go ahead and hit me up on instagram at kanadi fit or Kanati underscore fit, so C-O-N-A-T-I underscore fit, or send me an email at Z at uindy.edu. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, I am taking on a couple clients. Uh, if you guys are looking into that, and I already have like the whole schedule plan basic set out for you, all I need for you is to let me know your goals so we can make the modifications to make it personalized for you so with that guys use what you found valuable if you're already doing fitness awesome try and push yourself and try and be just a a little bit more consistent with it otherwise with that guys take all the information be great be better but most importantly earn a good day